Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 16 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Jorgadulmin and across the internet for me is David Charney. Hello Nate, hello everyone. Hello Dave, what's up? What's up? Um, <laughs> uh, it's like old school now, even though it wasn't that long ago. Um, not much <laughs> yeah. is up. Uh, just working on a bunch of stuff today. We're nearing the end of the week, so uh, I've got a number of things that I... E-learning things, some of my own stuff that I'm looking forward to doing here soon. Yeah. The same, the same. Finishing up some projects, you know, uh, in anticipation of new projects. So I want to make time for that. So just clearing up stuff, going as fast as I can. Cool. Very good. All right, we have some follow-up today. Actually, in the previous episode, we forgot to talk about the Storyline 360 updates. And there there was uh, an update a few weeks ago, maybe a few, few weeks, weeks ago. And it, wo- it focused on two main things. Uh, now we have integration with stock images and icons and illustrations. And if I remember the number correctly, it's like a database of 1,500,000 images. And then there's another really, really good thing, which I think many of us uh, were working on it, you know, by hand before this. And these are closed captions. Closed captions are now available in Storyline. And you can apply them to a slide or, uh, in other words, to a sound or you can apply the to apply them to a video. So you import, you know, your typical uh, for text format for S- subtitles. STL file. SRT. I, it's for me. It's the most common that I I saw. But I get. I know there are a few, but I, SRT. Uh, I saw them most times. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, SRT. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what you can apply that to either a video. Like there's now a option like a. Yeah. button to click and upload that or or a audio file is that right yeah yeah so you can make you know you can create a course that has voiceover but you could still enable the the subtitles so for all maybe people that are in situations where they don't have sound or cannot listen or maybe just they are just hearing impaired so it's really great to to update the course in that way i think that's fantastic yeah i think it's a really neat uh, additional thing i I think as we use it more, it'll be interesting to see how it how it works as that kind of box overlays mm-hmm. things on screen. You know, it's a little bit different than TV in that you might have elements there depending on what's going on. So need to play around with it a little bit, but it's a pretty cool option. Yeah, that's true. I don't think you can change the position, but I, I do remember seeing that you can change the font. So there 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 are some options there yeah yeah very cool but i guess i guess you would I, if the i think the position is always you know like bottom middle and uh, i guess that will be something we have to keep in mind when developing if if we're going if we are going to enable captions yeah uh and if you if we return back to the stock images i was testing it out a bit cuz i'm already working on some projects that are in storyline 360 so I think it's a great addition because you don't need to jump around to find images. However, I don't think this is, is, is a substitute for Shutterstock or Bigstock or one of these big image databases that are available out there. Because um, it seems to me that it's picking out, you know, you could sense that, that these are free images, but not they're not bad quality, not at all. But 
um, you know, you can just see if you're looking for something specific, it's not, it's just not there. So it's a great addition. However, I don't think it will totally replace, you know, the, the services we often have to use. Yeah, I feel the same. I look through it briefly and, you know, especially like mocking stuff up and, and whatnot. Uh, I think it would work great. And I think sometimes you'll find some really good images, but oftentimes it's that detail that uh, I'd probably go to something like a Shutterstock and, and find exactly what I'm looking for. Oftentimes I'm like finding like three things and combining them. So, you know, we'll have to see how they kind of grow that library over time. However, there is one neat thing I saw with icons and there are a ton of them. So I think for icons, it's fantastic. And it seems that it's a, uh, the icons are in a native format to to the storyline subject, which means if you have, let's say, a star icon, you can go in the settings and enable a border around the icon. So it doesn't create the border around the square, but it, it creates the border around the icon itself, which is great because, you know, it can really save you some time with the design. So uh, I was really happy to see that. Yeah, that's great to have some of that those vector objects in there. Yeah. I really, yeah. I wish you could import vector objects like that the same way or, or, yeah, um, I know. yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. The future. All right. And now to our main topic, using videos in your courses. So Dave, why would we use videos in a course? Enlighten me. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, videos are used all the time and there's a number of reasons we like to use videos in courses. Uh, first off, uh, they're, you know, another approach to presenting material or information. Sometimes you'll actually just use the video, you know, itself, and that'll be kind of your, your course um, or your, you know, whatever you want to call it. But uh, oftentimes we're integrating videos into courses. Uh, videos can also provide a better focus uh, on, you know, the story that you're trying to tell. And that's kind of due to the format, just the approach we normally take of showing simple, relatable images that kind of complement the audio. Uh, it kind of gets rid of a lot of that that page turning. Of course, you can certainly build what we would call a video in a lot of the tools that we use, but you know, there's just something in the way that we typically, the way we think about building videos that kind of leads to that sort of uh, format. Uh, mm -hmm. It can also be much more engaging, you know, a little bit more hands-off, so you're focused on the material, can add some energy, uh, again, lead to a, a much greater focus on the inform information because of that. And it can often, uh, in fact, we just talked a little bit about this in our last podcast, but it can lead to a shorter course by reducing a whole bunch of these slides, you know, page turn after page turn, yeah. um, if you've got a nice focused um, kind of engaging video. And of course, uh, videos can save us a, a quite a bit of development time if, for instance, we're leveraging a video that might already exist, uh, which is yeah, yeah. a pretty common thing at least. Well, I guess it depends on, on what you're doing, but we certainly have a lot of clients that have uh, stuff that uh, is already available that we can kind of leverage into a uh, number of our courses. Mm -hmm. So today uh, our show, our, our sort of synopsis here is... Uh, we're going to talk about how we can use videos that we already have, how to edit them if that's needed, how to create motion graphics videos, a few tips about shooting a video, and 
We're going to also take a quick look at video formats, things you want to consider, you know, what you need to be careful about and so on. Yeah, so the first thing that we wanted to talk about is using videos that are already available. Uh, a lot of times you start a project and you have kind of a list of requests. It's always good to ask if uh, you're not familiar with uh, the material, uh, if there's any videos or anything that might relate to mm -hmm. uh, the subject or the course that you're developing. Uh, as an instructional designer and a developer, of course, we want to take a look at those videos and make sure that they add value or that they could add value to the course. Yeah. Um, and uh, reusing videos often means that um, there might be some needs for need of editing as well. You know, how can we maybe, can we use it as is? Can we cut it up into pieces and, and use it? Um, but again, if we can reuse video that's already there, we might be able to produce a, the course quicker because we can we've already got some elements that we can reuse i think the big thing that we always try to do i know my company is you know what's the best way to integrate it so that it really feels like part of the course um yeah. or part of the look and feel and the design and the flow that we've been thinking about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah using something that already exists and i think it also it's it's sort of connects the learners to something they already know. You know. So it might be a video some of the some of the employees already know. So, you know, it's familiar to them. They they know what they're getting into. And also it's for us it's just enhancing the content. And but of course, like you said a few sentences ago, it we have to decide if the, it does it does it really bring value to the video or we're just inserting video because we can. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. You know, sometimes you'll They'll say, oh, we've got this great video. And then you'll say, great, yeah, send it on off. And then you get a couple of VHS tapes in the mail and uh, you look at it. And although surprisingly, sometimes you're like, this is pretty well done. But uh, sometimes you'll look at it and say, mm, some some of these things seem outdated and I don't know if it's going to match our, the, our Did you approach. actually receive v VHS tapes? Uh, yeah. Mean, in the we, last uh, 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> No way. I, I don't think I would. Uh, I really prefer having a quality video. I don't think I would accept anything that's not like in HD. <laughs> that's no. A, having VHS sounds horrible. <laughs> I will say that we, we didn't use them as is. We used them as kind of reference material. Okay, yeah, of course it helped, yeah. I will say what was nice about them in the case of the VHS tapes, was that, um, uh, and by the way, I had to watch them at home because we didn't have uh, of course, a, a player at work. Um, but uh, it, it they were pretty well put together as far as like information. So it was nice to kind of gather information from them. Mm -hmm. I'm, it was funny. It was a good thing you even had a player because I think I stopped using mine slash ours I don't know, like in, in 2000, <laughs> yeah. in two, 2001, I, I guess it's the last time I pressed a button on a, on a VHS player. Yep, I have two of them still. Uh, uh, none of them are hooked up, and one, my third one I gave to someone, and I really don't care to get it back. <laughs> Just hold, hold to them for a bit longer, and then in a few decades you can put them on eBay and make millions. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so let's continue to video editing. Yeah, video editing. And I was just talking about this a little bit. If we are reusing videos, we might want to cut them up into pieces. You know, who knows why we might want to cut them up. But um, this also goes for any... I know, I know, I know. You know why? I know why. Because... Because we've written it here? (laughs) No, but... uh... That's the thing I wanted to also discuss because I saw actually we don't have it written in our show notes, but you we don't want to have an one hour video in our course, you know, even <laughs> right. 15 minutes is questionable. And what I heard from some other video people is that the like sweet spot is around five to seven minutes. So I, if you can cut video into that, into those pieces, so it makes sense in terms of content, I, I I think you're golden. Yeah, no, that's a that's very true. Sometimes you might have an introduction on that video, which you really don't need anymore because you might be covering that in the course. Or it might honestly be wrong. Sometimes the video, you know, you need like two minutes of the video for what this course is, and the video was originally made for a much bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, the video's too long. There might be some incorrect or old information that we want to cut out. Yep. So, um, you know, that, that happens often and. It's not usually a huge deal uh, to cut things out of uh, a video or trim things out of a video. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there's a number of tools that we have available. I think sometimes, rarely, but Storyline itself does have some simple trimming yeah. of video options. You, you, I don't know if you've used them, but iMovie and Final Cut Pro. Yeah, iMovie is... Uh... It's fine until you need something more complex. Uh, right. I mean, you can put something out really quickly, but you know, as soon as you come to some more advanced editing and you, you want to have, you know, like a timeline where you can see items stacked one uh, above the other or under the other, that doesn't really exist in in iMovie. iMovie, it's like one timeline, and good luck. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. But but you can put out the video really quickly. I mean, even even I did a few you know family short videos directly on the phone after a, a nice family day, and it's great. It's great. You you get a nice uh, nice video out of it. But if you want some better editing tools, then on on the on on the Mac you have Final Cut Pro Ten. Um, and I know Apple just released some sort of educational bundle. I think you can get. I, I think Final Cut Pro by itself it's three hundred dollars. But if you buy the educational bundle, I I think you get like Final Cut Pro and Logic, which is for audio editing, and a few other things for for that price. So it's a really good value if you're into multimedia. So if you're a student, look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. And what about if you're using Adobe stuff? Uh, yeah, if you have Adobe Cloud, I should say s- some versions of Adobe Cloud, uh, you may have access to Premiere, uh, After Effects. Premiere is probably more used for just simple, well, mm-hmm. even complex, but it's yeah. more of a video yeah. editor like yes. like that. Um, I use Premiere quite often, but um, some I know a lot of people have Adobe Cloud and it might be offered through their business and they, they have Photoshop and some things, but they might not even know they have Premiere. So if you happen to have that, give it a look and see if you, you have those video editing tools. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you want to maybe change some of the information that's on screen or you want to call something out. Uh, so 
you know, that's part of video editing. Um, and uh, you can either do that in something like Premiere, After Effects, or I'm sure Final Cut Pro, or you could drop the video into like something like Storyline and have pop-ups in there as well. Um, and sometimes we use that, like say, um, whenever we look at videos that someone might have and we have to decide if we can use it, if we mm-hmm. think it's a good video, but ah, some of this information's wrong, depending on the how wrong it is, we sometimes can be able to have little pop-ups that cover information or um, just call out and say, of this as of this date, uh, this th- there's been this sort of change, you know. Yeah. So just keep in mind, there's different ways to if the video is really good and it's really going to add a lot of value, but there's a couple things wrong. There's some yeah. quick, usually quick ways to um, mm. to kind of fix that. And sometimes you might cut the video way down and just get some new audio narrated and call it a day. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good idea. I ne- I never had a situation where I would need to p- create a new voiceover, uh, but I guess yeah, of course that's also an option. Yeah, we've done that a couple times. I just remembered I was talking about iMovie and I said it's, you know, for simple stuff. And that's exactly why I used it a few days ago, where where I wanted to have a Ken Burns effect of an image in the background of the course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I tried the motion path, but unfortunately, it's sort of it. You can see some sort of pixelation going on when the image is moving, you know, it's not smooth. So. I just went in, in iMovie, put a picture there, created Ken Burns, you know, stretched it out to 30 seconds so it's nice and slow and imported in Storyline and it, it looks great. Yeah, yeah, it's those little details. Like we had a project where we just want the background to just like slightly get larger over X amount of yeah. time. We wanted to control that. And mm-hmm. you, in Storyline, you just can't quite do that exactly as you want. And and yeah, to be honest too, you might get a slightly different uh output in depending on the browser and whatnot the way it kind of moves the image um using math you know the way it Mm -hmm. outputs so sometimes videos are also good like that to make sure that uh you really know how it's gonna look because it's it's one video across across browsers instead of a lot of different you know instead of the system trying to determine the best html output depending on the different systems what about creating motion graphics videos? Uh, yeah, that happens often. Uh, if if we want to tell a story and we it's going to be too complicated to do in in one of the software packages, we'll create basically a video, a motion graphics project, um, and that could be like a whiteboard animation. It could be some you know motion graphics or explaining something through icons and all this and that. Um, or it could be a combination of imagery and various things, you know, whatever it is, you might want to create something that's just a motion graphics piece. And so, um, now what do you use for whiteboard animations? I can't remember that site. A video scribe. Video scribe, that's right, yeah. yeah. And and we do a lot of stuff in After Effects. You can do some of that stuff in, in Premiere kind of lightly. But uh, I'd say the key to a really good motion graphics project is writing a good storyboard and script. Yeah. Uh, and um, considering the best images and, you know, that relates well to the topic and the audio. Yeah. Um, and I use motion graphics often to make like storyline projects a little bit more engaging. So, 
if there's an effect that I can't quite get, you know, like how images come together or something, I try to do it in the software package I'm using because it's a lot easier to edit and a number of things. But I will often use motion graphics, little snippets of it, like little animations occurring and things if I if I can't do it in the package. So I'll jump into After Effects and um, create it that way. Uh, another thing... Another thing I was thinking of too is as it relates to video that I should throw out there before I forget is um, using like full screen video in projects to really create like an environment. Yeah. Um, do you remember a number of podcasts ago, um, yeah. many, many moons ago, we talked about that, that kind of heart attack training, you know, where I do. It's all, it's first person, the person falls on the floor and I'm getting a little away from motion graphics. Actually, I'm getting completely away from motion graphics. Um, but, uh, the idea is that you're, you're suddenly immersed in this environment and it's you running up to this person that's had a heart attack and you have to make decisions, simple little decisions come up. You know, that's all video stuff. So that's another. And it's 100% video actually, you know, there's nothing else. Well, there's the couple of decision buttons, but... Yeah, yeah, but th- even those are overlaid, you know, I mean... Exa- yeah, yeah, they're overlaid, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, full screen video helps. <laughs> it helps. As is motion graphics, which we originally were talking about. What about if you don't have a video? Maybe you can shoot it. Yep, you can shoot a video. Um, and, uh, by the way, I'll throw this out here. This is uh, words of wisdom... So my business partner and I got in the elevator once and I kept talking about, you know, oh, we really need to shoot those people. I mean, we have to shoot all of them. <laughs> well, well the, the other person in the elevator had no idea what I was talking about. So I thought it was important to let them know that I'm, we we're talking about a video shoot that we're doing. Um, so just, you know, public service announcement, don't just randomly talk about shooting things without context. <laughs> That's all. Um, but yeah, shooting videos. Um, I'll say first off, sometimes you want to just shoot little videos. Like let's say you're on an assembly line or a process and you're not worried about audio and you just need a couple of, of clips of things. Sometimes you can use, take your camera out and shoot some stuff and that might be good. But quality is really important. I highly recommend going with a professional if you're not prepared to um, jump all in. Um, a professional can help consult with yeah. good ideas as far as video, help write scripts. They can have multiple cameras and do editing and set up the lights and audio and have a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. They know how to talk to the talent and have donuts and stuff there. Um, they can even set up, you know, help you find actors and set up locations and build sets and handle green screen. So there's... When you start to do video, it can get overwhelming very quickly. So yeah. if you need to get video shot, I, I think reach out to a professional and, and see if, uh, if, that, if that's a good approach for you. Yeah. On the story of uh, like your elevator story, I, I have to add one another. It's going to be a yeah. slight digression, but I think it's worth it. Um, it's, do, do you know about geocaching? Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Uh, so the little geocache, little box that you search for. Okay, may- <laughs> let me go one step back. Let me just explain for the listeners if if maybe there's someone 
that doesn't know what geocaching is because in my experience it's here it's really not known to many mm-hmm. um and it's uh, it's 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 a it's a sort of gps game adventure uh you can you you search for these little geocaches it's just a small box that's hidden somewhere that has some you know small items inside and the idea is someone hides it in an interesting place you know maybe there's a statue there or or a nice view or something and then they publish the the gps coordinates online so through the phone app you can you can you can find them you 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 just see what what's in your your uh, you can just search th- through the items that are maybe close to you on the map you you find it you you take out the box maybe you switch some items and you put it back for other people and it's a, you know it's it's a great uh, just sort of exploration time and it's also now great fun with with our son to to explore that because for him it's uh, really amazing to find these things mm-hmm. uh and and so we call them it's we don't call them geocaches we just say cache you know uh, mm-hmm. like we're searching for cache and and this is also when we like talk about money here you know if if someone gives you money he you just say he gave me cash. Uh, so it's sort of slang for money here in Slovenia. Just we use the English word cash. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So me, uh, Maya, and my father, I don't know, we were traveling somewhere and we stopped at a, at a gas station. We go to have some coffee. And then me and Maya start explaining how we were searching for this cash. And it was hidden. <laughs> the cache was hidden. And then the cache was in the tree and Maya couldn't climb. So I climbed to get the cache. And <laughs> suddenly we realized how people at the next table started to be totally quiet. No one, everyone stopped eating and they, they were just quiet and listening to us <laughs> talking about how we were searching for cache. <laughs> because they had no idea what we were talking about so it was just like we were searching for money everywhere <laughs> which was totally not true <laughs> now did you explain to them or they do they probably still they still talk, don't know <laughs> talk to each other about i wonder those treasure hunters that we met i wonder if they ever found their loot yeah exactly they had no idea and uh, you can just imagine the stories they're explaining to their friends you know <laughs> Right. I mean, I'd hope you guys were all wearing like pirate outfits when this was going that, on. That's how that, I picture it. That would have been awesome. Uh, but sadly, no. Sadly, no. Next time. <laughs> yeah. So from uh, geocaching to codex. Codex. So what are codec- codex? These are uh, scary things, right? Uh, codex are more or less, it's just they're, they're the way you compress videos. It's it's uh, compress decompress basically. So, if you can imagine, you've got a well, you can, you know, like a JPEG image. You can see that the quality is. You got when you output a JPEG image, you can adjust the quality. Uh, same like in in Storyline, when you output your project, you can kind of select how compressed your images are. Well, videos are very similar. If you have an uncompressed video, it can be gigabytes. Uh, very easily. I mean, oh, yeah. ridiculously easily, those videos can be gigabytes, and you don't want that. Um, yeah, th- that would be uh, no, that would it, destroy no. the system. Um, <laughs> internet so, would yeah. crash. Yeah, the internet would crash. Yeah, yeah, that's happened. Nineteen. Uh, 
1998, I think that happened. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know why I said that out loud. Um, so, and I'd say regarding video formats and codecs, it's it's important to know where your video is going because mm-hmm. not only might the um, file size as far as how how big the file is, but also yep. the kind of resolution of the file, the width and the height might also be huge. And if you don't need the video that big, you're going to kind of weigh down your course. Uh, so it's it's important to kind of consider those those sort of things. I just started working with a client that has courses for developing countries. And, you know, he was explaining to me their process. And I was asking, so is there any voiceover? And no, no audio, no video. We got to be careful. The file size is in the old time, olden times, I don't know, years ago, it was five <laughs> megabytes. But yeah, today the they lifted they lifted that uh, number up to 15 megabytes. So it's really, you know, no big multimedia because internet connections are bad in those countries and you know, the content is important. So they're trying to, you know, just bring in multimedia, you know, through animations and, and nice graphics and so on. But uh, yeah, it's a case where you just can't use video. Yeah, and that's you know sometimes that's a good reason to do kind of motion graphic stuff in the program. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so easily we've been in situations where the course itself without the video would be maybe twenty megabytes, but with the video it's like one hundred and fifty megabytes, yeah. and that might top out whatever the restrictions, if any, are on the LMS or just the kind of standards that a company wants to mm-hmm. to have. Um, and then to compress those videos, if you do have a yeah. large video, uh, certainly like Storyline, been mentioning Storyline a lot, but um, you can, it does have methods of compressing the videos. Yeah. You can yeah. actually set it to not um, compress the video, but you can also use, what can you use? You can use Handbrake. There's yeah. a lot of tools out there to uh, compress videos. Yeah, Handbrake, I it's... It's always my go-to tool, and that's where I play with the bitrate, with it, which is, which is actually the the most important one. So more, you could almost say that doesn't really matter how, what's the width and the the height of the video, because bitrate is gonna set the you know the file size, and you can you can easily play there. You know, you you do it. You you do four hundred. I don't know what's the. Is it kilobits or I I'm, I don't remember. So you can just mm-hmm. easily you know try those numbers up and down and export and just see if it looks okay to you and could, can you go a bit lower if if the file size is really important. So you can just play there and set the 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 to get the the most optimum file size you can get. Yep. Yeah. And it, yeah, if you want to. In this, in Handbrake, you can also like if you did have a file that width and height was just ridiculously large for what you need, you can yeah. also edit that. You can just say, "Hey, I want to use this kind of compression." Is it all MPEG? Does it all output to MPEG four? Uh, I Handbrake? think so. I think so. Okay, yeah. and MPEG four is probably one of the most common video formats right now. Mm-hmm. There are some kind of web formats that depending on the browser you're using, it'll convert it to, but um, depending on what you're doing, but you'll see probably MPEG-4s are probably the most common right now. And so, yeah, Handbrake outputs to that, but along the process of outputting, you can set its uh, compression 
uh, amount and uh, image or video size. Yeah. Uh, very easy to do. I'll say too, since we're talking about file formats, it does happen often to us where we will get files from our clients and if it's even a few years back they might be in a different sort of format you know like a move uh, mov format or vm wmv wmv or avi um they might be compressed or not but you might go to open them and nothing happens and uh it could just be that you don't have that codec that was used because if you compress it in a certain codec, you need that same codec to decompress it as well, so it knows what it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you might need to run it through something like Handbrake to uh, get it into a format that you're going to be able to look at it in. Yeah. So on that note, I can just say if you use VLC player, yeah, that thing can play anything. It can. So you you really I would just suggest that you know in the olden times. Uh, that, you know, we had to install codecs and whatnot. But today you use VLC and it will play anything. Uh, And it's almost like if VLC doesn't play it, then it's broken. Um, So I would just suggest using that. And also there might be a situation where even Handbrake cannot chew that video. I, Mm -hmm. I think that might happen. So... Uh, I would suggest, I remember there's this uh, app called Super. It's just Super. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Super. Yeah. Yeah, that. and that also compresses, I think, everything to everything. So you can also look at that. And we'll put the links to the, to the programs in, in our show notes. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes, not as much anymore, but yeah, in the in the olden years, yeah, you would have to be creative. You Like, if you didn't have the codec or even if you thought you had the codec, but it was just some variation of a codec, you'd never be able to open the thing, especially like if you'd convert, like if you'd rip DVDs and stuff. Oh, what a pain that was. Um, Oh, yeah, uh, the times, the times. You remember (laughs) all that? Oh, what a pain. Oh, yeah. um, What was was the app? Um, I remember using Virtual Dub for mm -hmm. many years. That was also something you could some do some resizing some filters some re-encoding and there i think there's another app gordian knot that helped you with the reaping dvds yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like you 15 get the, years ago yeah yeah you get all the odd and even field yeah. problems yeah. and stuff yes uh, <laughs> glad we're past them times oh yes it, it was just a few sometimes i forget the dvd you know is PAL or NTSC resolution, and it, mm-hmm. it's it's like in my memory, it's like VHS crap DVD, amazing. <laughs> but today, yeah. it's like DVD is not even HD crap. <laughs> so. No, they're still what seven twenty by forty progressive. Yes, I mean they're not very big; they're N- <laughs> tiny and, videos. And actually, it's it's funny because I know that. DVDs are in MPEG-2 format, so it's funny, mm-hmm. you know, they still sell DVDs in MPEG-2 that, you know, take four gigabytes that would be, you know, one gigabyte today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, just, I, 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 I never, I haven't bought a DVD in, in a decade. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have. I, I bought a DVD not long ago. Um, because it had a little thing in it 
where we got the free the download. Well, I paid for it, but the the I could go to a website and we could watch the whole movie. You know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's nice. That's nice. I I know yeah. the last the last uh, the Force Awakens had that. I heard. So if you bought the DVD, you also got the digital the di- digital downloads and even some extra stuff. So, of course, that that's that's valuable. Yeah, I mean, I basically threw the DVD out, but could use the little code to yeah watch it uh, on the TV. I have a tip of the day, uh, upcycle tip of the day. Don't throw the DVD out. Use it as a coaster. Oh yeah, or put it in the microwave. You know, for like <laughs> yeah, a couple for seconds. Sparks. Yeah. yeah, like if, the we did with the AOL discs. <laughs> if you forgot to buy fireworks, that's what you can do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, AOL discs, is there something special about them? No, we just had so many of them. America Online. Well, yeah, I, yeah. see, you probably didn't. Did you guys have, did America Online uh, get to Slovenia uh, Online? <laughs> Not really, uh, but I do remember having a diskette with that logo and I have no idea how that came but perhaps it came when we bought the modem or something it came with the box but uh, you but could no. buy back in the day you'd buy like steaks you know from some magazine and you'd get them in the mail in a box frozen <laughs> and there'd be an AOL disc in them they were <laughs> everywhere like seriously everywhere <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> amazing <laughs> But we'd always have we'd always have fifteen like CDs. This is why I think I was in college at the time. And yeah, you'd throw them in the microwave every once in a while because, well, why not? <laughs> and on that happy note, I think it's time to wrap up our sixteenth episode. Dave, thank you. Please tell us where can people find you. Uh, people can find me uh, for custom e-learning, uh, aluminumgroup.com, and uh, a lot of the templates and stuff we build, and some of the videos that I create are at uh, elearninglocker.com and I'm also on Twitter at Dave underscore Charney C-H-A-R-N-E-Y and Nate's where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter under N-E-J-C-D and also you can contact me through elearningbrewery.com If you want to contact us maybe you have a storyline challenge for us you can do that through the website theelearningguys.com Please consider subscribing to the podcast And if you're maybe in the iTunes, uh, we would love it if you could leave a review and a rating. Have a good one and talk to you next in the next episode, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Take care, everyone, and happy learning. <laughs>